And it's a super wonderful good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Friday, March 28th, 29th, and today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on Bill's story on page 16, focusing on the third paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Do L, Ginger C, Carmela G, Judy F, Esther F. The reference numbers for yesterday's March 28th Eastern meetings, Eastern Time meetings, 7 a.m., 12,711. That's 12711. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern, 12,000. 717. That's 12717. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Judy F. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Judy. Good morning. I'm Judy S., a compulsive overeater in North Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for the service opportunity, and I pass. Thank you so much, Judy F. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Esther. 
Thank you. Good morning. This is Esther F., a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement of OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This, does, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on your phone to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. Again, in order to have a quiet meeting, please, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story. We're wrapping up here on page 16 on that third paragraph, focusing on the one paragraph only. And I am going to ask for Du L to get us started. Go ahead, Du. Good morning. It says, most of us, feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Um, and again, this is Du Al, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York, and grateful to be here. Um, yeah, so this is Bill's synopsis of wrapping up his story and you know um he had to go through a lot of highs and lows and you know uh 
he had to get connected to a power greater than himself in order to find this utopia. And he did that through the 12 steps. Um, there were six steps at the time for absolutes, but you know, eventually that became what we know today as the 12 steps. And I was, uh, you know, when I was talking earlier about meditating, I was meditating because today's my birthday. And, um, and I was thinking, wow, what was I doing, you know, all these years when I was active in disease? I was, I, I didn't think to help another person. I didn't think to be of service to anyone, um, including not being of service to myself. I was binging my brains off. I was uh, gaining weight. I was, I was, uh, didn't care about my finances, didn't care about um, my family didn't care about anything, not even myself, uh, you know, and I, I, I felt like I was living in a living hell and I couldn't find this utopia. I couldn't find this inner peace, um, that it describes in the steps and it describes in this way of living where I am free from the food today and I am free from all of these um, uh, unmanageabilities in my life. And, and that's the utopia that I have. I have a utopia where I'm connected with my higher power, I'm connected with others, and I'm disconnected from my binge foods, which is the miracle, because that was not the case. Um, and so today, as I was thinking of celebrating, I'm going to go out with a normal eater, and I said to this normal eater, can you help me celebrate my birthday? You know, uh, you'll have a piece of cake. And they said, I could, I could do that. And, and I'll have a, you know, bowl of fruit. And, um, you know, I'll put the candle on the cake. I'll blow it, make wish. And, you know, and then we can have a nice dinner, you know, a, a, a abstinent dinner. And, and they were in agreement with that. And I was like, thank you, God, that I get to do that today. Because that was not the case years ago where I was active in disease and I was of no service to no one. And I, I felt like I wanted to kill myself, you know, and, and today it's not that way. Today, my life is full. My life is of service to others. As a matter of fact, today, I'm going to be doing some service for someone. I'm going to be uh, establishing some programs and some things uh, to help this elderly person to get on with their lives and and to have the facilitation of Time. of getting services in their home. Thanks. And and I'll just wrap it up with this. It, it is it is a wonderful program. It is something that will propel you to go further in your life like you've never ever seen before. And all you have to do is the 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Do. Okay, way to get us started. I am now going to take names of people that would like to share on what was read. We're on page 16, focusing on that third paragraph. So who would like to share who hasn't shared in a couple of days, please? Nancy P. Carmela G. Reva P. Ginger C. This is Larry. Kay. Rowena Kay. What was that one? Marina Kay? Rowena. Rowena Kay. I got everybody else. I can take a couple more. 
Makes me think I got everybody else. Okay. I've got Nancy P, Carmela G, Reva P, Ginger C, Larry K, Rowena K. All right. Great lineup. Nancy P, you're up. Hi. Thanks for letting me share. So, yeah, this is this is an amazing paragraph. Every single word in this book is is amazing. And, um, you know, for me, all, since I recovered, you know, I recovered and I got through my, uh, the step work, the, you know, with my sponsor, um, without needing to turn to food. And, you know, so today food is not a problem. Food doesn't exist for me, extra food. I have what I, I eat simply. Um, and I don't worry about food. It doesn't even enter my brain. And I had walked through some big problems with my, you know, my family and my job and, you know, um, all kinds of things that are, that are, are hard. And, um, and I haven't eaten and I've, I, they're, they're in the rear view mirror and, and it's, it's in terms of, excuse me, in terms of myself, but I can say that all of my problems are alive and well, all of them. I, they don't, the food doesn't exist. My problems do. And, um, you know, I can say that I don't, like, I don't worry about it. There's no problem that I have that the steps cannot address effectively. And I don't worry about, um, I don't worry about them. I, I hurt when I'm working through them and I hurt after and I cry and I feel all my feelings. But in spite of all that, I've never been happier in my life. And, um, you know, I used to, you know, before I became recovered, I'd go to meetings and I felt like everybody else was so happy all the time. And, um, and everybody but me had some magic way to get through life um, in, a, in a way that they seemed not to have the kinds of problems that I have. And today I know that's not true. Everybody has problems. Everybody has pain. Everybody. And, um, and I'm, I've done this the same as everybody else. And, um, you know, just what it says, we need look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. So it's like the thing that, it's, that I'm trying to say is my joy of life walks right next to the pain in my life. It's, they're right next to each other. And food is not where it is um, in, in either case. And um, the, the way that I, the, the key to all of it is working with other people. Like it says, you know, um, it multiplies itself. A widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And um, that's really where the, the key to success for me has been is working with others, whether it's sponsoring, calling people, listening, having people call me and listening to them. I mean, I've never, ever been happier in spite of the challenges um, in my life. And I never would have thought that, that the two could coexist in the same space, but they do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy P. Carmela G, it is your turn, followed by Reva P. Good morning. This is Carmela G from New York. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Thank you, everyone on the line. Utopia. For six decades, I searched for utopia, always outside of myself, running This will change me. This location will change me. This diet will change me. Everything from the outside in. Only 
when I found this program and worked these steps, all of them, do I have utopia? And it's the utopia comes from within. It's an inside-out job. Utopia is not that life is going to stop and life is going to go Carmela's way. Uh Uh-uh. Utopia is learning to get out of my crazy head and open my heart that I thought was open, but really open my heart and allow myself to be of maximum service. First, every morning to God before I rise and say, please help me do this, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's not my power, but through him that I am a powerful person and that I can achieve the utopia. And because of this, I will end with what someone who has written his story in the back of this book, and it's still there. He has since passed on. And Phil said, life is like two railroad tracks. Program and life. And we cannot let them collide because then the train will crash. And we must keep going on those tracks. And I must have program in order to have life. And I work it and I give it away, and I'm filled with life when I extend that hand and help another. Thank you so much, and thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. Reva P., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in in, uh, Toronto. Uh, Utopia. Um, I have the definition as an imagined society with near-perfect qualities. And perfect, oh my goodness, I use that word so many times and I can still get caught in that trap. And what did I think was perfect? Because I felt so uncomfortable in my skin and so off and so wrong in my body, in my life, Um, and no matter what I did, and I can still go to that place, that no matter what I do, it's not good enough, but to be perfect, you know, it used to be about being the perfect weight and the perfect look um, and the perfect this, and just as it was shared just before, perfection was always something from the outside. It was my body, my job, um, how my life looked on the outside, and I chased that. And I didn't just look, I chased for that stuff um, to fill myself from the outside and it got worse and worse. And that emptiness just got bigger and bigger. Um, And what he's saying here is utopia or what I thought was perfect, it's so the opposite. It's such a paradox because perfect means to allow the imperfections of myself and life and to be able to flow with life on life's terms. And the only way, the only way to do that is to access a power by first putting the food down and working the steps. 
and I love how he says that where is the peace? Where is the freedom? It's right here and right now because I can get stuck um, often in the past but more often in the future um, and thinking about the future tomorrow, next hour, next week, next five years. Um, but freedom and peace is in the present. And how do we get there? It's really simple. And he says it's a simple thing. It's one recovered compulsive overeater talking to another. And that's how I learn to do whatever is necessary to access the power. Um, and it is miraculous. It's very simple. One you know, compulsive overeater, not complaining, not um, doing a food drunk but one recovered person talking about how this works, what to do to access the power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Ginger C., followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Ginger. Oh, great. Thanks so much for your service this morning, Amy. Um, this is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Wow, this one's giving me total goosebumps and um, absolute utopia. And we all have it, any one of us that's not eating right here, right now on this line. And that utopia is we're free. I'm walking a free man today. And that still blows my mind. I was just sharing with somebody the other day when I had started my job, I had so much angst because it was a new job, new experience. And of course, you know, I have to know it and get it right from the get-go. Otherwise, I'm not doing well and I'll never get it and my mind runs amok. And I know I would never have been able to show up and had to have kept walking through that angst had I not been first and foremost out of the food, but secondly connected to a God because that's where I get my strength and courage to show up to this thing called life. And it blows my mind that I'm no longer eating. That was all I knew was food. And then, of course, this food that was kicking me to the curb, and I couldn't stop. And then my family just watched, and they wondered if I would get out of bed. And because of this God, this higher power that loves me so much more than I love myself, that window of opportunity rolled down, and I accepted it. And to walk a free man today, it is utopia. There is no greater thing. I don't care what is going on in my life today. I always have hope in my heart because I stay connected and I stay close to the power that I lack. Because as a real compulsive overeater, I can't afford to go back to that bite. And it desperately wants me back. So I just pray that I keep persevering no matter what and that I never stop. I want to die sober and clean from everything. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger C. Larry Kay, you're up. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Larry K. Recovered. Um, start my timer here. Most of us, it says, um, feel we need 
look no further for utopia. We have it with us here right now. It's interesting. I have this, I, I pass my daughter in the night. I don't see her too often. She's very, very busy with school and plays and all this stuff. And we have this, I'm looking at this piece of paper now. We write down, like I'll write down five things I'm grateful for and then she'll, we just got into this thing. Here's what she wrote. Here's my utopia. Five things, laughter, Diet Coke, the Umbrella Academy. I don't know what that is, some show, I guess. My beats, support from, from friends and family. Okay, that's my utopia. She's got things to be grateful for today. I do as well. I can see those things. See, we all have this mental dialogue going on in, inside our head that never stops, right? It just keeps going and going. It's part of being human. And what I have found, you know, when you start to become aligned with your higher power, which is just an ongoing thing for me, we begin to take the time to step back and we examine this voice and we get to know it better. But the problem is I'm too close to be objective. So I have to spend time observing this mental voice and I, and I notice that it never shuts up. Does yours ever shut up? Mine doesn't shut up. And, and when it's left to its own devices, it just talks and talks and talks. See, the program of spiritual action for me, um, enabled me to develop a skill to watch the mind just a little bit more. I don't get caught up in its, its like relentless fluctuations, right? It's constantly up and it's saying this and that and the other thing. I can, I can write down five things and I'm grateful for this morning. That's a miracle for me. You know, my utopia, it used to be if I could just be in a normal sized body. It's not so much that anymore, right? It's, you know, the, it's the untethering. The first prison door was the release from the obsession to binge. And that was a good prison door, but that was just the beginning. I mean, it was great, but there was lots of doors. God is still unlocking prison. I confront another frontier, another door. Oh, there you go. That, that door opens up. Yeah, that's good. Oh, hey, oh, here's another door. And you know what's cool? I see the beauty in each door as I become untethered. It's a, I, bet, I bet it'll still happen until I take my final breath, right? It keeps going. Letting go of expectations. I can't tell you the day that happened. I can pray. I can love others. It's not perfect, but I, I let go of expectations. I no longer, for example, trade love, <laughs> like withholding it like a precious commodity, right, to be sort of divvied up as I see fit, to, you know, based on how the wind's blowing in my brain. For me, utopia is becoming untethered from expectations. It's surrendering to what is. I know people on this line that are going through some heavy stuff, death, sickness, illness. That's a, just wrapping up here in me. You know, it, but it's no longer with the expectation. It's the beauty of being together, loving together. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Rowena Kay, it is your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Rowena Kay. Um, Recovering Compulsive Overeater, um, and just wanted to say happy birthday to you, Elle. Um, yeah, um, I really like this um, little pa passage, and um, yeah, for me, I always thought that, um, I always thought that, you know, working, thinking that, I always, I've always thought that 12 steps should fix me, um, or that I should use the steps, you know, to fix my life. But um, I, I'm just learning that it doesn't work that way. You know, what I actually have to do is work the steps and then my life falls into place. Um, because when 
you know, when the steps in this program and recovery are my priority, then that's when life actually is uh, becomes a bit easier. And that's actually the for me the my utopia. Um, and I'm also, you know, it's kind of like a natural. Well, I don't want to say natural, but um, it's quite hard not to have, um, not to make sort of material things um, utopia, and to think that, you know, achieving this qualification or, you know, getting this house or whatever will will make me happy. I think it's part of who we are. But when I can actually remember that utopia is, you know, developing a relationship with my higher power and feeling connected to other people, um, because out of that utopia comes the rest of of life, you know, with 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 people basically. I mean, with, with normal, <laughs> with the outside world as well. I mean, um, and and I guess um, the other bit is that um, um, a vision for you is, is also part of my utopia, and through that, um, you know, the the circle of peace um, is widening because, you know, I meet somebody new almost weekly or daily sometimes in the in the rooms and you know my circle um gets wider if i let it all the time and um i'll leave it there thank you i'll pass thank you Rowena Kay. okay so we are on page 16 third paragraph and ready to take a few more names please go ahead sandy s asheville Okay. Sandy W. W. Okay. Jen Jen A. Jen A. I can take a few more. All right. We've got Sandy F, Sandy W, and Jen A. Go ahead, Sandy F. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, um, currently in Boynton Beach, Florida. I am experiencing utopia right now, and it's messy. You know, I want everything to be in perfect order. I thought that was the way to utopia, but it's not. Um, I read something from sort of like a, a therapeutic guide and it was incredible. It said the way out of hell is acceptance. Acceptance is the way out of hell. And um, that really goes deep. And it, the first thing is just accepting who I am and accepting that I'm not who I want to be and that that's okay. And just really relaxing into who I am. That is utopia. For the first time, just letting myself just be who I am rather than this constant pressure to be someone else. I'm just reading Michelle Obama's biography, and I know my old thing would be, how come I'm not Michelle Obama? You know, why do I have to be me? And uh, the real psychic transformation that I'm experiencing is just like gradually, gradually, gradually really beginning to love who I am because I know that's God's will for me. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. And it's in each moment. In each moment, I have a choice. And the number one choice for me is 
I am willing to go to any lengths to be abstinent today because that is the foundation. And it's inseparable with God. I mean, it's like impossible. So it's not when I say abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception, and that's just for me. It's really saying God is the most important thing in my life without exception because it's not possible Mm -hmm. without a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. Sandy W., your turn. Thank you, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. This is um, Sandy W., so greatly, gratefully recovered from Connecticut. Um, I just keep focusing on that word simple because I just can't stop thinking about how it is just so my nature to complicate things. You know, in my disease, when I think about all I went through to be able to basically have my cake and eat it too, to be able to binge on those alcoholic foods that had become my higher power and then have to figure out a way to get rid of those calories so it didn't show up on the scale. It was a complicated, all-consuming process. And even as I got into program and started working the steps, I wanted to complicate that. You know, what if I didn't do my fourth step right? What if God didn't remove my character defects? especially when I got to step 12. What if I wasn't a good sponsor? What if I didn't say the right things? But, you know, I just love this reminder that um, it was, you know, Ebby's simple talk, you know, from one alcoholic to another. That's what began, you know, widening this circle where we can pass on the solution to our problem from one, um, from one fellow to another. You know, you know, I just um, have to keep reminding myself that all I need to speak is my simple truth, tell my simple story, and um, that's what can help my fellow um, compulsive over- overeater, um, you know, find their entire abstinence and work through the steps and get to that connection with a higher power that can recover them, you know. And and as this says, it's not easy at times, and um, but you know, it is simple because of those concrete directions in our big book and with the help of a guide and who the problem has been solved. You know, Simple Talk solved even my complicated problem and mess of a life, and it truly has resulted in this, these moments of utopia as we're promised right here. So um, thanks so much for letting me share that. I'll then I'll pass. Thank you, Sandy W. And Jen A., you're up. Good morning. This is Jen. So once I found utopia, right, I found utopia as a result of working these steps. And I found utopia um, because I have a new relationship with my creator. So the best part is I'm released from hell and I'm living in the promised land. Isn't that beautiful, right? The promises are coming true for me and for others. And I see that. And why do I see that? I love this part, okay? And this reminds me of a little little girl sitting in church and the angels were declaring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And that's what I hear today. I hear the sound of angels shouting peace on earth, goodwill towards men in this program of recovery. And why? Because I'm now free. I'm free from the disturbances, the thoughts, the emotions that used to make me batshit crazy. That's what I'm free from. Thank you, God. I have a way to run them through what? Step work, 10 steps, talking with others, working with others, inventory. It's beautiful. There's no more torture and there's no more agony. That's what peace is. And the food, imagine this, doesn't even call my name. A gal who um, called me yesterday says, you sound so recovered. I said, I don't know that I'm so recovered. I'm just thankful I'm not in the food anymore and that I have a solution. 
in which I can work all my problems through, all of them, not a one. And when I skip, I make a mess of my life, right? And there's harmony and silence. That's what peace is like for me today, right? That's another word for what? Thank you, Bill. We need another word. It's serenity, right? And today, my mind is much more subtle. Is it always beautiful? No. On Tuesday, I was in a boatload of fear. But guess what I get to do? Pray to God. Pray to God. Run it through the inventory and see what's my fear. What's, what's causing me these problems? And then give it over to him. and I don't have to control it anymore. And then the second part is the goodwill towards all men. How about this? Goodwill, service and self-sacrifice, right? That's what I'm doing in this program. And I'm doing it for fun and for free. And I'm being friendly and helpful to people. I'm concerned for others more than myself. Thank you, God, today. I used to be the most selfish person on the planet. And now I have fellowship and friendship, right? And I get to be of service to not myself, but to God and all of his kids. So release from hell, living in the promised land. I can't think of any other way to be. So I'm just thankful for working these steps and thankful that, um, the, you know, that the light was shined for me and someone guided me along the way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. Okay, so we're going to open up the line again for uh, taking down some more names. We're on page Kim 16 G. on the third paragraph. Kim G. Russ M. Russ M. Ramona A. Hi, Tony. Ramona A. Who? I'm sorry. Who was that after Ramona? Tony O. Tony O. Okay. Where are we in the book, please? Tony O. We're on page 16, focusing on the third paragraph. Thank you. Okay. Let's go with that group. We've got Kim G. Russ M. Ramona A. Tony O. Kim G. You're up. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, this word utopia, I'm thinking back a long time ago, I was in an email chain back before this social media stuff, where a king had put out to his kingdom that he was going to give a big reward for whoever could get, paint the most beautiful picture of peace. And people sent these pictures in of, of sunsets and rainbows and beautiful calm beaches. But the one that won was a painting of a violent storm, thunder and lightning in the midst of this huge ocean with 30-foot waves. And in the middle of the picture is a gentleman in a rowboat lying, sleeping with a smile on his face. Because true peace is being able to be peaceful amidst the storm. So as I'm listening to Utopia, I think to myself, and and I used to think Utopia was, I'm going to get my way. And let me tell you, I am experiencing Utopia today. You know, I had a confrontation with a neighbor last week, and I did not behave in a way that I was proud of. But I was able to do 10 steps, and I was able to have people in my life that told me, it doesn't matter if he's wrong and you're right, you need to make an amends, because you cannot sit in resentment and anger. And God created an opportunity for me to make that amends. You know, I got my taxes done, and I live in New Jersey. And these new tax laws, I went from a $200 refund, which I averaged, to owing $1,200. But I can't sit in anger or resentment. Did a 10-step change my W-4 so that next year I won't have to have owe that much money? And I found out I need a new roof. And I've had quotes from $17,000 to 4500 And I got into prayer and meditation, 
And I am grateful that I could actually have a, a local gentleman, a retired fire chief who does roofs, who I just feel so wonderful that I could contribute to his business and get my roof taken care of. And I had to laugh at myself because I'm angry that I have to use an emergency fund for an emergency. How grateful should I be that I have an emergency fund? So to me, this utopia is not that because we do the steps, we're going to get our way. But utopia is the fact that life is going to continue to happen. And I'm going to have a way of living which is going to allow me to be like that man in the rowboat and sit there in peace amidst the storm. And that is what recovery gives me today. And it's what recovery can give every single person on this line if we do this work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Russ M., you're up, followed by Ramona. Morning, Amy. Good morning, family. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater. Utopia. That's all we're. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm finding that for me, utopia is being able to, to do what I say and honor my commitments. Utopia is having a dance party with my kids in the kitchen. Utopia is enjoying my in-laws, being able to just tell them I love them without any, any strings. Utopia is being able to clean up a mess, a financial mess, without having a heart attack and dying. You know, I wouldn't have this if it wasn't for this program. And, and I can live like a normal person now. Well, maybe not normal, but, you know, someone that can handle things a couple times, you know. And it's only because of this, because it, cause it, it's, it's stripping me of me. And it's causing me to rely on God for everything, you know, kind of by the seat of my pants. And the ultimate utopia out of all of it for me, for Russ, that I've been searching for my whole life, is that I can say God is going to show up when I ask him to. In the good times, in the bad times, in the times I don't know how I'm going to do it, that he shows up. And it's not just Russ's way. It's his way. And I can accept it now and not be like a petulant, spoiled child. So that's my utopia. And if it wasn't for this program, I would have never got even close to that. Have a great weekend. I love you. Thank you, Russ. Ramona A., followed by Tony O. Go ahead, Ramona. Hi, uh, this is Ramona A. from Vermont, recovered. And I, I guess when I heard this paragraph and I listened to people's shares, um, what I think about is looking back at my history from the time I was a little girl. I mean, I've had this disease since I was born. So I was the only one in the family, still am, and with this disease. And I always wondered why and, you know, what was wrong with me. And I remember looking at myself as a little girl and saying, I don't take up so much space in the world, do I? So why do I have to be so restricted and you know just just feeling so strange and out of it but and i know as an adult i just tried many ways to escape you know 
lucky, glad, grateful that I didn't try some ways that would have destroyed me further. Um, but I was destroyed emotionally, mentally. And then I came into the program. And what I found uh, is a couple of things. I found an incredible relationship with my higher power that I try to turn my will and my life over to every day, a little bit more in a little bit more stressful situations, et cetera. And I found something that a utopia equal to my worst imaginings before, and that is that I'm not perfect. You know, life around me isn't perfect. Yes, I have the same tax problem as the other person who shared. Uh, my car needs repair, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's things, and then there are people things, relationships that aren't perfect, that I am concerned about, that I'd like to be better. But I'm not perfect in doing all these things, and all of the my character defects still show up now and then, you know, like every day. And the pain is still there, and, you know, at times. But life is so much better. Like people have shared, I have the steps. I have 10, 11, 12, and I have the people I can call, you know, the people all over the country and and, uh, just friends who can help me. They support me. They listen to 10 steps, even strangers, you know. And all of this takes away the... The feelings and the food is good, lest anyone think, you know, the imperfection goes with the food. It doesn't, you know. We have to be good with our food, you know. That's the place we really have to be. But I don't desire not to be, you know. Um, And if there's ever a a thought or temptation on that, I know I have to do a 10th step. So I will leave it at that. But anyone who is, you know, hurting and want something better just come and do the steps and join our group thanks bye thank you ramona tony o you're up yeah good morning can you hear me i can thank you my name is tony i'm a compulsive binge eater um this sentence the first sentence of the paragraph is something i've struggled with for a long time and i get it now it says most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia and those first three words, most of us, I always missed that. I've been in and out of this program and in and out of another fellowship and walked away several times because what I heard was all of us need look no further for utopia. It doesn't say all of us. It says most of us. Um, you know, for me, I've created so much damage uh, physically, emotionally with relationships, um, my health, etc. that the most that at this point right now that I can hope for is contentment and utopia may come. Um, but right now contentment is, is really all that I need right now. It's all that I can hang on to. You know, I've heard said before, you know, life beyond our wildest dreams. And from what I understand, that is not in any literature that is from a devotional book. So it's not part of this program per se, but part of, um, you know, somebody else's experience. And I've always heard it as, we are promised that. I've actually heard it said that. That's what we're promised, life beyond our wildest dreams, and we're not. That's one person's experience. So I need to lower my expectations a little bit. When I lower my expectations, I feel a little bit better that I don't have to 
reach some uh, unattainable ideal. And for me, that's just wonderful. It's right where I need to be. Um, I have one line, and for, for what it's worth, and it kind of goes along with somebody said today, um, and this is from a, a book called The Art of the Deal from Donald Trump, and this is just what I, how I learned to live today. It says, I try to learn from the past, but I plan for the future by focusing exclusively on the present. I mean, for me, that's wisdom beyond what I can compare because I live in the past so much, and I've got to stop doing that, and I have fear about the, pre the future. So when I try to live in today and not worry about all that missed utopia and what utopia might be tomorrow, if I just focus on today, which is all I can really do right now, um, uh, then I think that I'm headed in the right direction. Today I've got, um, tomorrow will be one month abstinent for me. It's the longest I've ever had. And I'm very grateful to be here. I'm grateful for these phone meetings. And um, thank you for letting me share. Grateful to have you, Tony. Thank you so much. We are now going to open up the line for a couple of more shares, probably about two. Nessa R. Morazi. Nessa Z. Okay, so Nessa R. Morazi. And then there was someone, it sounds like she's in a car on a speakerphone. Carla so, L. Okay, Carla L. We might get to you, Carla. I'm not sure. Let's, let's hold on. Let's see. We've got Nessa R. Morazi. Carla L. Go ahead, Nessa. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, for me, utopia never really meant something perfect. It meant something impossible. And along those lines, I think now I'm living in utopia because I have learned in recovery that you know, life is not waiting for the storm to pass. Life is learning to dance in the rain because I was always postponing my life. I was always postponing my happiness, my joy, my serenity. I was full of, you know, when I am thin, then I will be happy. When I have money, I will be happy. You know, if only I didn't have to work, if only, you know, I had a better boss, if only, you know, you can, you can increase the, the, the list that in Skinaidam. And so, you know, that meant that I was never going to be happy. And actually, you know, there was a time in my life in my early 20s where I had a great job and I liked my boss and I liked the people I worked with. And I was thin and I had money and I was at the height of my disease, like the worst things I could have ever done with food, I did them then and I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. You know, I was expecting that whatever difficulty, minor, major, would go away so that my life could start. And now I have learned that all that was complete and total dishonesty. And the, and the honest way of living is to know that it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. I can be at, at peace and ease because um, I am aligned with God's will for me. Not asking God to align himself with Ness's will for him. But the opposite, you know, learning to go with the flow, you know, adjust as, as God throws me curveballs or challenges or difficulties. When people don't do what I want them to do, where, when uh, situations don't develop the way I would have them, I can, still, I can still be okay. I can still live 
happy, joyous, and free, even and especially when things don't turn out the way I envision. And that to me is utopia because I would have never thought that that was possible. That, that for me, um, rested in the realm of, of, of impossibility. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I don't have to postpone my life. I'm living now and I'm living happy and I'm living content and I'm living calm and serene. And, you know, not only that benefits me, but it benefits those around me, you know, who don't have to, uh, you know, wonder what's up with, 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 uh, with mom today. So, you know, utopia, you bet you, but it is possible and it is reachable. Uh, all I needed to do was become entirely abstinent, 100%, 100% of the time, and they work these steps according to the big book and continue to work them every day of my life. And um, I'm living in utopia now, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Okay. Uh, Mara Z, please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. And I'm outside walking the dog. And so I hope the outside noise is too much is not too much. Um, you know, I'm a simple girl from Virginia. Oh God, did I say from Virginia? From New York. I live in Virginia. And Amy, please time me because I don't have my timer with me. Um, so when I when I think of utopia, you know, I can think of all these magical words and descriptions, uh, many of which I've heard this morning. Um, but for me, that, someone else said this morning was impossible. That's never going to be my life. And you know what? It's still not my life. Because utopia, to me, is perfection. I'm never going to be perfect, and my life is never going to be perfect. But I will tell you what. My life is a thousand times better now that I'm recovered than when I was in the food. And it's a thousand times better than when I was a teenager praying that God would take me because I was fat and ugly. It's a thousand times better than when I got fired from a job I was at for 28 years and thought that was going to be the end of me. It's a thousand times better than when I lost my baby sister and I put my face down in the food and I thought I was never going to come up because there was nothing left to live for. So I don't need utopia. I need God. I need these 12 steps like I need air to breathe. I need this big book because that's the only book that we study here. No other books. I need people who understand me and the life I've lived and the hell I've lived. That's what I need. I don't need utopia. I need you guys. I need to know I'm no longer alone and I never again will be. This is all I need. I don't need utopia. I need simplicity. I need to be recovered. I need to be connected to God and all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Marzi. Carla, I'm sorry. Hopefully we can get you to share on the second hour. Uh, we're going to need to wrap things up here. So please uh, do that. And uh, sorry, I wasn't able to get to you. I'd like to thank Actually, everyone. My name, who is Kelly. Is... Sorry. my name is Kelly, not Carla. Oh, Car Kelly. I beg your That's pardon. Okay. Well, thank you, Kelly. Hopefully we'll hear you on the second hour. Okay, I'd, like to thank... mm -hmm. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. And please join us for another second hour of unrecorded study, another awesome hour of study in the big book, immediately following this closing. 
The share ID for today, Friday, March 29th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 12,719. That's 12719. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and I've asked Ginger C. to go ahead. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.